Hello, and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the student accounting show. The occasionally educational podcast that proves you're not totally alone in your ACCA journey, even when it feels like it. I'm Etty, LendSignal's Head of Content Marketing, and this is Alan, LendSignal's Head of ACCA. In this week's podcast, we're going to give you a general update on everything ACCA for this week uh, and talk about the pass rates, which were released from the June 2018 sitting yesterday. So, Alan, pass rates, yeah. they're looking better for the early exams. There seems to be a bit of an uplift in the P1 exams. It's the final session for them, I believe, before a strategic business leader comes in. Yeah, so those people with P1 exams um, who had to look to pass P1, and so I guess to avoid doing SPL, um, got a bit of an uplift, so there should have been extra people passing that. A lot more relieved people, maybe um, today 3% doesn't seem like an awful lot, but 3% and thousands of students. Um, there's probably quite a chunk of people um, who are nicely relieved about that. Um, the P2 is similar, but then there's some of the higher pass rates across, certainly across the professional exams anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. 54 and 52 certainly gave students a, a great opportunity to pass and, and not to have to do SBL in September. Mm-hmm. Well, and there were over, I think, 132,000 students roughly in this sitting. So, yeah, it's 3, 3% is a lot in terms of that breakdown. Yeah, and it's great. And, there's lot, and we've had a lot of students coming to us and saying how happy they are and how relieved they are having passed their exams. So, yeah, there's no real shocks. Like, I think in the March one, there's a few odd ones, like in P7 went down dramatically, and that's corrected itself. Um, Some of the, like, P4 has really improved over the last few um, sittings. Um, But other than that, most of them have stayed around. They'll always go up up a percent, down a percent. Um, I guess there's no real major shocks this time. Um, Mm -hmm. Although for every student who has failed that's always a major shock and not nice and the pass rates don't mean an awful lot if they haven't managed to pass their exams yeah for you a pass or a fail is um the only number you care about isn't it yeah Yeah, i'm not too sure how many students really look at the pass rates and think oh was i one of the 54 percent that passed or one of the 46 percent that failed doesn't doesn't make you any happier and doesn't give you any more comfort if you haven't managed to pass Mm mm-hmm well, that, I mean, one of the things I wanted to say is about not panicking too much if you didn't pass. Um, you know, it's frustrating if you didn't pass P1 or P3 this time, because obviously now you have to sit strategic business leader. But I know that's something we'll talk about um, in, I think you're doing a webinar on that coming up, actually. But the it's a really good exam. People are going to really like it. It's a really productive thing to be taking. Employers are going to really like it. Um, so it's not... It probably feels like it a day after the results, but it's really not a complete nightmare if you've just failed P1 or P3. No, I think the biggest fear is that it's because it's a new exam and everybody's concerned and there's been such a big build-up and in some ways it's so different because it's a bigger exam. But at the end of the day, if this is your last exam to do, you've had plenty of exam experience with the ACCA and I certainly wouldn't be panicked or be too put off um, by doing it. It certainly isn't the end of the world. Um, to get this far, you've shown a level of 
a good level of competence with doing exams um, and with knowledge. So certainly don't be fearful and embrace it rather than worry about it because you'll just cause your own problems by, by being concerned mm-hmm. when when that whole phrase, it is what it is now, unfortunately. So you're better off just going forward and being positive about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think it's because strategic business leaders so written with, uh, you know, the professional accounting landscape in mind, I suppose, it is something employers will, will really like you having. And I guess it will make your career easier once you've taken it um, in some senses. So there's, I guess that's the silver lining. Um, obviously, a pass is always nice, but I think it's a really valuable exam to have under your belt. Um, so, yeah, good, good for both students. I think the one thing students will really benefit from is over the next couple of weeks, and they've already started and they're already available on the ACCA website, are, um, they're running a lot of webinars in all the different areas of the SBL exam on professional skills and how to answer questions. And um, I think it actually finishes with me later on in the month when I'm doing a webinar on exam technique for the ACCA. And I think they're putting a huge amount of resources in there. And there are lots of really good advice in that. Huge amount of really good advice um, in there for students. And if they can take that advice on board um, on how to approach an exam, how to answer the questions. And really, it's, it's like, this is like, they're giving all that information. This would be like reading the last 10 examiner reports for any other subject. They're giving so yeah. much, they're giving a roadmap for you to pass. And if you follow that roadmap and if you kind of take on board what they say um, and just when you're sitting in the exam, think of all that advice that's out there. Um, I think anybody who does that will likely be successful in the exam. Well, I think we've, and that's advice we've given often, um, that the ACCA is difficult, but yeah, it's, it's not for want of advice. There are so many people, including us, um, I have to point out, but the ACCA as well, right? Giving so much information and so much advice on the syllabus and so much discussion about how to pass and how, which papers to do and which, how, how you answer questions. You know, it really isn't, students aren't alone, even if they feel like it. There's a lot out there to be doing and I think that makes itself really clear for for strategic business leader if you you know follow the material that is you should be able to pass there's which sounds easily said from the position over here not taking strategic business leader but still yeah but you made the point that employers will love it and they Mm -hmm. will and uh, I kind of in a funny way I think a student that has done strategic business leader may have a slight advantage over somebody who's got the ACCA qualification maybe three months earlier that hasn't done strategic business leader and I think it's definitely something employers have recognized as being um, important um, mm-hmm. and remember the ACCA have created strategic business leader mainly because of the feedback they've received from employers so it's not some academic group who sat in a corner and thought wouldn't it be nice if we revamped the whole course and came up with a brand new subject and let's mess with people's heads as much as we can. I'm sure that's how most students imagine the ACCA sitting in a basement somewhere going how can we make this as difficult and confusing as possible for everyone? Yeah like a big group of Dr. Evils who are all concerned (laughs) Um, but it really wasn't they they spent a lot of time and resources um, Mm with employers and with companies and 
um, basically they're trying to make accountants more relevant and they're trying to make your future career more interesting as an accountant. Yeah, they work really closely with businesses, don't they? Yeah, so like every, everything is here is basically geared towards your your award. And, and I think I've used before in other podcasts and, and certainly in other webinars, I said, like, you don't want a doctor to operate on you who just passed some of their exams or who nearly passed their exams. So, and it, it, because it's the same thing with an accountant. You don't want somebody who's your accountant who didn't quite pass all the exams. Yeah, brain surgeon that got 51% in brain surgery. <laughs> exactly. You don't, you don't want that. You get more comfort with somebody who has passed the exams first time. Uh, and that is what the ACCA want, and they want you to pass it in a relevant way. And I don't think there's anything major with that. Well, and I think that that feedback's echoed when you hear constantly employers talking about, I mean, I'm sure any accounting qualification is is a valuable thing, but you hear employers talking a lot about ACCA being their preference for for accountants coming through to have. And it is because so much work's done to make it relevant to the workplace. Yeah, it's not just a bit of paper saying now you're a qualified accountant. It's the skills developed that, that... your employers want from you and then have told the ACCA that's what they want and the ACCA have created yeah a training series around that so it you know it really links closely back to the career in a way I think maybe other exams don't quite as much exactly and I think um in this sitting as well um and it has gone under the radar for a number of students I think with the changes in strategic business reporting it's the same um there are many computer programs and computers that will will now calculate your profit and loss accounts and your balance sheets and all of that type of information. But there aren't any um, computers who will make investment decisions for you. They'll crunch the numbers, but they won't use your... At least not good ones. Not good ones, <laughs> anyway. So your strategic business reporting is the same. They're not looking for students to... Um, do a whole profit and loss account or a long-winded balance sheet or consolidate a set of this or a set of that. They're actually identifying issues and problems and asking you in the exam, what advice would you give? And SPL and SBR are very similar in that way. It's all about you providing advice to to yeah. your to an employer, to a scenario, to a board of directors. It's not about you telling them what Porter's Five Forces is. It's about you applying Porter's Five Forces without them even realising that's what you've used. Yeah, you don't need to be a... Today's accountant aren't some sort of scientific calculator with arms and legs. Yeah, there's loads of things that do that. It's about how you go beyond that to add value to people in a way that they couldn't do themselves. And that's that's the strategic bit. Yeah, exactly. And that's really, really important for students to get... Um, to understand and don't be the the students who will fail these exams are the ones who won't give opinions who shy away from giving opinions but if you give an opinion the advantage of opinion-based exams like SBR like SBL is the examiner may not agree with your opinion but if there is some logic there even if they disagree with you you will likely get some or a lot of the marks because they might say oh well really I don't think that would work but it's still valid. Mm-hmm. Whereas a profit and loss is either right or wrong. You get your two marks, your four marks, your 10 marks, or you don't. Um, so in a funny way, I think there's a lot more marks available. You just have to mm-hmm. be a little bit braver 
rather than saying, oh, I can write two pages from memory on this. I might not understand it. The difference between the difference for the ACCA exams going forward, especially SBL and SBR, is now you're required to understand what you're talking about. It's not a memory. It's not a memory test anymore. Well, I think, and we talk about this being what you need to do to pass pass SBR and SBL, but I think it's it's not just that. I think it's what you need to do to have a successful career. Yeah, there'll, there'll maybe be a, I don't know, a decade overlap where there's people that, that don't do that and don't add value in that way, but the industry's changing. Every industry's changing. Yeah, it's about, we, we talk a lot in every industry about tech and how that's changing the world of work and all of those things. And accountancy isn't immune from that. I think it's people learning to adapt and add strategic value and become more of, uh, yeah, t- take a seat in the business, take a seat at the table in the business is important for everyone. And the, it's doing that is how you build a successful career as an accountant. It's not just passing the ACCA, it's important for. And, and to be honest, it, it, it's something you're always quite proud of when you get a professional qualification. Because I was um, in the last few weeks, I went to the ACCA offices, and students mightn't be aware they might have come across the ACCA wall, and mm-hmm. the wall has every name of every member. And I now there's a lot of members, hundreds of thousands of members, all in this, and it is a wall of names, and it takes you quite a while to find your name. But I passed my exams well, 17 years ago and I still got a kick out of finding my name on the wall. And it is that that maybe it's a geeky thing. Yeah, that's really cool. But it is really cool because you're kind of, you're recognized. I want my name on a wall somewhere. I'm jealous. Well, you kind of say, well, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people there. Yeah, but there's billions and billions of people in the world. So if you think yeah. of on a percentage wise, there's only a small percentage of people who actually have their name on that wall. And that wall is just people thought, oh, it's just a wall. But now it's actually on a worldwide tour. The wall is making a tour of the world. <laughs> and it's, it's been brought around the world to different events and all over. Like, I think it was recently in China at an event. And it's basically been sent to events. So students who have qualified and also, or people who have qualified and students who are doing exams can see this and nearly aspire to be, I want to be on the wall. And I have to say, I got a kick about being on the wall. And it's it just shows that it's something that stands the test of time, that 17 yeah. years later, I'm on a wall with all of these people who have been professional accountants for so long. And... Um, yeah, and it, well, and it's forever. You're right. This idea of standing the test of time, I think it is impressive, and people should be proud to have done it. Yeah, and yes, the exams are hard, but there's an awful lot of people who have made great careers because the exams are hard. Yeah, I think I think that's a really important distinction. It's not you. You don't become an, a successful ACCA qualified accountant in spite of the hard exams. You become a successful accountant because of the hard exams that prepare you accurately for what life is like as a successful accountant. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and again, it comes back to people want believing that the ACCA want them to fail and arrange them to fail. All these type of things. Oh, it's it, it's it's not it's not that because. As I keep saying to people, life gets a lot harder after you finish your exams than, than easier. Yeah, I feel like if the, if the most difficult thing you ever face is the ACCA exams, then, you know, good on you. That's been a nice, a nice route in life if that's the most difficult thing you do. So. Exactly. And when you're sitting in front of that board of directors and you think, oh, I remember that coming up in SBL, but I never really studied it too hard and it's something you need, that's too late. 
So yeah, that there's an awful lot of benefit from those, those type of things. Yeah, that's too late. Your, your boss already thinks you're useless, and you've already um, built a bad reputation in front of a whole board of, of board of directors for not knowing what you're meant to know. So learn it now and avoid that embarrassment. Exactly, and unfortunately in life, you don't get too many chances to take advantage in high-profile situations. So yeah. you need to be as ready to do that as, as pass the exams. Um, and I think talking about exams, I think the, the just the last uh, general point for today's podcast is um, the set, now the results are out and the September exams are only about six weeks away and, and it really does come around very, very quickly. Um, and there's a lot of students yeah. who maybe have waited for the results and then they're going to think about start studying. Um, and I think just a, a couple of pieces of advice. Um, one is that there's no way that... Um, at this stage, you should look at taking more than one exam. And somebody said, oh, well, I got 49 in an exam. I could do that one and do one other one. Uh, I would really mm-hmm. strongly advise, advise not to do that. Just yeah, because you got 49 idea. doesn't mean the 10 minutes extra work will get you 50. It's a different exam. It's a different setting. There are different questions. Um, and maybe 49, uh, I hate to say it, but maybe 49 flattered you rather than you were unlucky. Well, we've said before, they're some of the hardest marks. You know, you, when people get 20 and then they, they actually study, they go back and study again, they know they have you know need need to work harder, they really weren't good enough. And you, it's the people you see failing again and again that are getting 47, 48, 49, because they don't think anything needs to change. They think it's, you know, one question that they got unlucky on and actually, no, it's not. You shouldn't be getting 49. Aim for 60, go back go back to the drawing board, start again, study again, treat it like a new exam. Exactly. Because you don't, there's no point in passing this one and failing another one. Taking exams is very expensive. Um, and the, the ACCA fees really do mount up. So you, you kind of, when you fail the exam, you kind of have to just take it and, and go with that and, and just say, okay, well, lesson learned, let's try and avoid doing that again. But don't try and compound your error. Don't try to make it worse an extra 12 weeks or six weeks added on to the time you take to complete your exams in, in, as a percentage of the rest of your career isn't a huge amount. But, and I think yeah. that's, but students quickly end up in this spiral where five or six years later they're still doing your exams. Um, yeah. Definitely do yourself a favour in that one. Talking of expensive, um, we have got that we will soon be releasing, if we haven't already, uh, a guide to side hustling during your exams um, for accountants. So kind of using your your skills on a part-time basis or a work-from-home basis to get a bit of extra cash and also you know practice the things that will be important um, when it comes to the exams or beyond. So when that is live, we'll link it in the... Uh, what's the link? www.learnsignal.com slash podcast. Um, we'll link it in there and it will be promoted on social media and things like that. So if money is a worry, check that one out because that will be decent to read. I think everybody always likes a bit more money, especially when you're a student and trying to pay for fees. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, if you like money, I mean, everyone likes money. So go, go read it. Okay. I think the last thing about September then, I think you've got... There's about six weeks, six and a half weeks left until the day of the exams. Um, I know we've been running our coaching program now. It's been going on for four to five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And students have been given um, kind of weekly tasks tasks to do. Um, if you're just starting studying, let's say, today for one of your papers, um, 
you really need to get through all your study about three weeks before the exam and then be ready to start revision. So you don't really have six weeks. You kind of have three to four weeks maximum um, because practicing those questions is going to be the most important thing. And would you would you say for the future, Adam, that students should really start studying before the results? That once they once they finish the exam that they just took, they could have yeah you know, a week off and then start studying, so they're not left with just six weeks. That's what we always recommend. And you you kind of say, well, let's say you were doing P two and you have P five to do as your last exam, mm-hmm. um, and you start studying P five, and then you find out you you failed P two, but you've got lots of choices. You can finish p5 and do it and take a break and then do p2 the next time or you can shelve what you've done for p5 continue on with p2 past that exam and then when you're studying p5 the next time you've got a huge base already there and a huge advantage um, so that time is never wasted um, the, the only time i think it's fair enough if you actually don't do anything between your exam results is if it's your last exam and you feel like it went quite well And it's very hard to study when you don't actually, in theory, have any more exams left and you won't know that until the results. Yeah, because you'd just be studying something you think you've already passed, right? And just getting that into, like, people go, oh, I've got six weeks to do. I have to completely change my life for six weeks to study. It's much easier if you did a couple of, a little bit each day or a couple of hours a week from the beginning rather than trying to fit in six and seven hours a day for a short period of time. And if you make studying part of just your everyday life, it, it's a much easier way. That it's a bit like I wake up, I go to the gym, I do a bit of study, I do this. And if you if you just make that part of your day, um, and it also gives you that time. You the amount of even if you study the same content in six weeks as twelve weeks, your brain hasn't assimilated it. You haven't really you you haven't hasn't really sunk in you haven't had time to really think about it to how to apply it test your understanding properly um Mm. and it's a completely it's not about just i think a lot of students believe it's just getting through the content it's not it's allowing you time to to kind of get the content into your brain and your brain to get used to having it there and finding the best way of getting it out on exam day. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen just because you've read all the notes and all the books in three weeks. Um, Yeah. Like the difference between remembering something and knowing something that you then you you have it, that, that situation we discussed, you know, you're asked a question in a boardroom and you think, Oh, I don't remember it at all that was ages ago or actually you just know it because you you understand the question and you know the knowledge you need to draw on to make a sensible recommendation based on the knowledge you have that's related to the question that takes time it's not something you can cram into three weeks because you've left revision too late yeah and we'll keep on telling them and telling them and telling them and hopefully right now you're <laughs> and people will keep ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it <laughs> if we may even if we change one of you every time somebody listens to you we'll, we'll be happy with that okay so i think for this week we'll leave it there and congratulations if we didn't say congratulations to everyone that did just pass um you know great news and on to the next lot and good luck with them and use learn signal etc yeah and i think just another point i guess for us is that on the first of august we're releasing our cbe tool um so look out on social media, look out for future podcasts. We have a really interesting podcast with the head of professional professional insights with the ACCA coming up. 
Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, and they're going to be talking, um, and they're not talking to us, they're talking to the students um, about CBEs, about the value of them, about why they decided to do them. And we'll be, uh, we'll be launching our CBE tool. So um, listen to future podcasts on that and keep an eye on the site. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.